Can you see the cat behind me? There's a cat behind me. I, if you've watched last week's episode or listened to it, I'm at my I'm at my parents' house right now visiting. So I'm in my bedroom at their house, and I kind of tore the room apart just to uh, record this. You don't want to see the rest of the room. This might look okay-ish. My dresser right next to me. It's great. Um, the rest of the room does not look great. It's kind of a mess and I'm going to have so much fun cleaning it after this. Anyway, I turned 20 a few days ago, um, January 12th. So I decided, you know what, I really want to look back and reflect on some of this and just reflect on what I've learned these last few 20 years. Um, (laughs) and I decided, you know, let's do something different that I haven't really done before. 20 things I've learned in 20 years. So I'm just going to go through my list. I have a list written down and I'm just going to go through them. So we're just going to get right through this list. Number one, my mom is my best friend. Uh, I had this on the list already, but my mom told me I had to put it as number one. So I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) But um, no, over the last few years, especially, I've just gotten a lot closer to my mom. But honestly, I've always been really close to my mom. I don't know how to stress this other than to say she's my best friend. Like, I know I am so lucky. I am so incredibly lucky to have the person that I trust the most and care about and who I want to go to for everything be my mom. And there are times where, you know, maybe I decided we need to talk to someone else instead, but my mom knows the majority, if not everything, that has happened in my life. She she knows the ups and the downs. She's seen all of it. She knows how I work. She knows how I process things and she's been she's been with me through it all. And we're a team. Honestly, the way that she raised me was in a way that, yes, she's a parent, but also she's my team member. And she's she's that friend. She's that team member. She's that person that is always there for me. And she just did, she just did an incredible job. So I'm glad that I put this as the first thing on my list because everything else that I talk about is stuff that I've learned because of my mom. It's stuff that I've learned because of the way she raised me and it's stuff that I've learned and I am just so grateful for and my mom was really the foundation for all of it or even stuff that she didn't necessarily teach me. The way that she raised me and the way that she taught me to think about things allowed me to to learn these things. So that is the first one on my list. My mom is my best friend and honestly she's the foundation for a lot of of who I am today. Number two on my list is that your truth is not everyone else's truth. I have my values, my core values, the values that are kind of non-negotiables for me and I've learned over the years that that's not everyone's. And it was really hard for me to understand that um, and it still is. It's, it's hard for me to wrap around like wrap my mind around the fact that my core values, the things that my life is a foundation on, are not other people's. But every time I think about this, I look at it vice versa. The other way around that there are other people with other values that maybe I haven't even thought about before or just aren't important to me as much. And it's interesting to look at that because it's like, 
it's just there's something that when you're raised a certain way with your core values or when you just have your core value like I have learned my core values over the years and they are the things that I try to live out my life with but not everyone has the same ones I I think most people have core values even if they don't actually know it or having explicitly stated them but that doesn't mean that their universal values and that's something that I've had to learn and I think has been really important to me because it it's hard when when someone doesn't have the same exact values as you which no one's going to have the same exact values as you but when you get in arguments over that it's hard because when you think of it as a core value you almost think of it as a non-negotiable and it makes it really hard to negotiate it take it makes it really hard to to have a responsible, mature conversation about that. And so the first step to just learning how to socialize and talk to other people, I think was learning that my values, the way that I think, just like me, isn't going to be everyone else. Like the way that I think isn't how everyone else thinks. The way that I have my values isn't everyone else's values. And that's okay. My values, I'm not saying my values are the best values. And I think that it was it was that idea of of that realization that, wait, my values aren't the universal values. My values are my values and not everyone's going to have the same values. And with that, the second one is to stay true to your values. So for me, my core values, an example of one of them is respect. Maybe that isn't someone else's core value. For me, that seems like common sense because that is the value that I've lived my life with. But for someone else, they might have another value that is more important to them. And so one of mine is respect. So when someone disrespects me, I do my best to respect them back even when you're given disrespect, to respect them back and to realize that that's not everyone's core value. That is my core value, but I can't get someone else, I can't get mad at someone else for not having that value. Yes, should you be respected? Yes. But everyone has different ways of doing things and to realize that it's that it's that difference. That's It's unique and that's what makes us beautiful. That's what makes us the individual human beings that we are but that doesn't mean that I have to let go of my values because someone else doesn't have the same values no it's okay that I have my values and my values are good and okay but that doesn't mean that someone else's aren't and that also doesn't mean that I have to have someone else's values I hope this is making sense to people but that's something that has just been really important to me in any sort of social contact interaction anything like that is recognizing that everyone has their values and everyone does things in different ways and to stay open to that rather than rather than to stay closed on that and it was really difficult for me to learn that number four don't solve the world's problems at night this one might just be something for me but I think it's a little bit universal but it's something that I've learned ever since I was honestly as young as I can remember I would stress about stuff at nighttime I'd always you know at my nighttime routine when my mom would tuck me in for bed and stuff I'd be like mom I'm stressed she'd be like well you know what about and I'd talk about how I'm stressed for the test I have the next day or something's going on at school and it's frustrating me or any of the stuff that I as a you know five-year-old 
six-year-old, seven-year-old girl was stressed about. And that was always when I would spiral the most at nighttime. That was always when I would spiral the most, when I would start thinking about things and not be able to fall asleep. And it was something that my mom and I learned really quick that I just personally do not do well solving things at nighttime. I can work on homework at night, but I don't do as well. I can if I need to. But when it comes to the mental stuff, the like overthinking, the rumination, the OCD that I have, like I cannot, it gets worse at night. It gets worse at night. And that is a time that night is just a time for relaxing for me. And I've learned that. So for me, it's don't solve the world's problems at night. And for other people, it might be as simple as, learn the times of day when you are better at doing things. In the morning, I am better at thinking and problem solving. But at night, I'm going to get nowhere. Your body isn't always the same throughout the entire day and your mind isn't always the same throughout the entire day. There are different times of the day that are going to do better for different things. And for me, that's, I, I can't overthink at nighttime. And I do, I do a lot. But I've learned to remind myself that hey, you know, maybe I can't, maybe I can't be doing this right now. Maybe this isn't the best time to be thinking about this. And I'll make a little mental note to check in again in the morning. And usually it's at least a little bit better by then. Number five, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond. Honestly, I think that pandas disorder was the thing that taught me this the most. I talked about it a lot more in the last episode just to see how, how I built Unoya from having pandas disorder but honestly I think it's that was the biggest moment that I realized all of this was that even though you know at first I really hated the world I really hated the world for this even happening for the fact that I had pandas disorder I hated everything I I was really frustrated and it makes sense that I was but the moment that I changed my mindset to try and focus on growing and just finding myself and being the best person I could be in that moment, things got easier. It didn't go away. It didn't make the life easier. It didn't make my life a million times better. It didn't make everything perfect. But it it took off some of the weight that was there enough that I could process things again that I could at least stay above water just a little bit and I think that was really important to me in learning that because then I looked back on different instances in my life and realized how I had done that before and it helped and I also used it in in my future and in different situations that have been really difficult for me and I learned that honestly this is a pattern in my life and and in so many other lives too the fact that you cannot control what happens to you did I choose to have pandas no Am I happy that I went through all of that pain? No, but I am happy about the lessons that I learned from it, that I chose to learn from it. And those lessons, I mean, yes, I would have learned some things, but the reason why I learned so much, the reason why Unoya is a thing at all is because I changed my mindset and I chose to respond to it in a different way than I had been originally. So that was probably one of the bigger things on this list and one of the biggest things that I have learned is the fact that it's all about how you respond. It's not about, I mean, yes, what happens is difficult, but how you respond can completely change things. And that's not to say if you respond poorly or if you respond, you know, in pain, like that's not to say like, don't be sad. It's not to say, don't be mad. Don't be, you know, 
you need to feel your feelings. You need to feel the feelings that you have. You need to embrace those and you need to, you can't run away from them. That's not, that's not what I'm saying here, but to also recognize, hey, I have these feelings and I'm going to continue to spite them and I'm going to keep doing my best, even if doing your best is just waking up in the morning. Honestly, sometimes that's all you can do and that's okay. And kind of along with that one, number eight, and kind of similar to that one, number eight, is that you can't control other people. Again, kind of with the value one that I talked about a little bit is that I I have had difficulties and I still do sometimes understanding how different people think different ways than I do. I mean, think about it this way. you You have lived your entire life with yourself. You have always thought the same type of way. So when someone comes and has a different way of thinking, that can be challenging. No matter who you are, it it can be challenging. And a lot of times what I would do and what a lot of people I think do is trying to control the other person or trying to have them understand or just change the way they're doing something. You know, if someone is disrespecting me, I want to I want to get them to stop disrespecting me, right? That's the goal, right? But instead of looking at that as the goal, like that's what I want, but I can't make them. So instead of looking at that as the goal, look at, okay, someone is disrespecting me. That's the reality. How can I respond to this differently? So again, it's that similar thing of what happens to you, you can't change, but also just applying it to people themselves of like, yes, not everyone has the same way of doing things as you. Or yes, not everyone sees things the same way as you. Or not everyone has even the same life experiences as you. And recognizing that you can't change that. You can't change how someone else responds to something. You can't change how someone else feels. You can't change any of that. And somehow just acknowledging that you can't change it makes things a little bit easier. Makes it, you know, when when you're when you're trying to figure out how to respond to something, when you think about it in a way of, well, I can't change them. Then you start looking at, okay, well, what can I do then? Like, what can I actually do? Is there anything I can do? And that can be really powerful. And also following along with that, that means that things like letting go is okay. You know, if you can't change people, then maybe the answer is to walk away. I'm not saying that's always the case, but you can walk away. You can let go and letting go isn't bad. So number so number seven is saying that letting go is okay. And this doesn't just mean with people. It means with with so many different things that, you know, nothing is guaranteed to be permanent. And sometimes letting go can be painful, but it can also open doors that you didn't even know were there. The amount of times that things have changed in my life that I've let go of something or someone or, or just that things have changed and it's been terrifying because change can be scary. Every single time I learn something, every single time something ends up happening that, you know, when I look back on it, even if it isn't until like 10 years later, I look back at it and I realize, wait a second, I guess this thing that I learned or this, this place that I'm at or who, who I am wouldn't have happened if that one thing had ha- hadn't happened, you know, if I hadn't let go of, of that mindset that I was used to or that just comfort that I was used to or that person that I was used to or that thing that I was used to. Sometimes it can be scary, but letting go is okay. 
Number eight is that phones can be a blessing and a curse. I think we all can hopefully agree with this one, or I think we all at least see both sides of this, that phones can be a blessing because of the idea that, yes, they they are an amazing way for us to connect. You know, if it's hard for me to imagine a world where we don't have phones because, of course, I was born into a world that did have phones. And... Uh, it's amazing. I'm honestly in awe and in shock and just so happy that we have these devices that allow us to stay in communication with people. But it can also be really difficult. I have a lot of issues with social media. I struggle a lot, even though I have an online presence on social media. It's hard for me. It always has been. Um, and I've talked about this before, and I plan on really sitting down and having an entire episode on it. But again, but you know, it's just, it's difficult and phones can be so distracting. They can be a place where we just really lose ourselves and we forget to look up and enjoy the the real life things, you know, like sitting down and reading a book. I've been doing a lot of reading lately and it's been really nice. And I'm used to just, you know, sitting down and watching a show and I still do, but it can be really it can be really difficult to to have so much in front of you, so many resources in front of you is so incredible, yet also can be so difficult. And I, I do really think it's a blessing and a curse. And I think a balance is really important. But I think that finding that balance is something that constantly changes. I feel like I have a good balance today, but tomorrow I might not. And and it's a it's a struggle that we all go through, but I think it also I think it also can teach a lot too. Number nine, the most important relationship you'll ever have is the relationship with yourself. I've talked about this before. I think I've said it so many times, even if it was in a different way. But you're going to be with yourself your entire life. You're going to be in this body your entire life. You're going to have this mind your entire life. You're going to have a soul your entire life. And when you're getting to know a new friend, what do you do? How do you get to know them? You spend time with them. You sit down with them. You ask them questions. You learn about them. You listen. You're kind to them. So why don't you do that with yourself? You are the person you're going to have the biggest relationship with ever, the longest relationship with. But have you ever sat down and gotten to know yourself like you would get to know a friend? You know, and, and getting to know a friend isn't just a one-time thing you're constantly getting to know them more throughout your entire friendship. So that's something that being a human being and just existing, like I'm constantly trying to get to know myself and I'm constantly working on it and trying to find new ways to do that because it's hard. But getting to know yourself is really important because if you know yourself, you know, if you don't, how how are you going to get to know other people? How are you going to get to do anything if you don't even know the person that you are? You know, you can't run away from yourself and it can be uncomfortable, but you're going to be with yourself your whole life. So get to know yourself, get to love yourself, really enjoy the presence of the person that you are, just like one of your friends or anyone else around you would enjoy the presence of you too. Number 10 is that nothing is black and white. I love this phrase because I think it's had a lot to do with my life. Um, political issues. I'm, I'm just going to say it. Political issues, it's not always black and white. What about the root causes? You know, what about 
the root causes what about the other the other sides of it what about the fact that maybe something else that we didn't even think was connected to it is impacting this social or political issue nothing's black and white what else um that argument that you had with a friend the other day maybe they're going through something else that you don't even know about a good example is part of my family was sitting down at a restaurant one time and the waitress took their order and everything was going great until all of a sudden it took forever for the waitress to come back and their food wasn't getting there and nothing was happening and they were waiting and waiting and waiting and of course at that point they started to get a little bit frustrated right and they were they were respectful about it and they didn't really do anything about it but eventually a while later someone came back and said i am so sorry your waitress just went into labor and we didn't have anyone to cover you nothing's black and white i would have been mad in that situation i would have been like seriously where is our food i'm hungry right and then to find that out and realize, oh, you know, that makes sense. So the fact that nothing is black and white. And with that, at number 11 is that there is always more to this story. So knowing that nothing is black and white can be more of a useful thing in like, okay, remembering that there might be something else to it. But then there's always more to the story that even if you know something that's going on, there's always more to it. Everyone has their own life. Everyone has their own experiences and environments and things that led up to the exact moment that they are in. So when you're having an argument with someone or when someone does something that doesn't seem reasonable or anything that I'm not saying it justifies what they're doing, but remembering that maybe they grew up in a different way than you. Maybe they just had a situation that was difficult. Like there's always more to this story. There's always something that caused something else to happen, that caused something else to happen, that caused something else to happen. Our lives are just a giant thing of a domino effect right there and just everything that exists is a giant domino effect so remembering that and embracing it and remembering like okay there's always something that I don't know there's always more to learn and there's always something that I don't know in a situation and that I feel like is really really important that doesn't mean you can't have an opinion or have feelings about something but it does mean just to stay open-minded and remember that and I think that's something I've really learned a lot and I'm continuing to learn throughout my entire life number 12 gossip never helps even if you think it will I don't I don't think I need to say much for this one because honestly that is as simple as it is but gossip never helps number 13 step out of your comfort zone a few years ago I was going through a lot of growth and just really confusion as to who I was so I made myself a challenge and I said every day I'm going to step out of my comfort zone in some way shape or form because that's how you grow right I always heard that that's how it always fell and I was told to step out of my comfort zone so I decided I would so I started raising my hand in class a little bit more I complimented someone on their shirt you know and it was really uncomfortable and sometimes I would get a response that felt uncomfortable and I was like nope okay did not like that but a lot of the times I'd end up feeling like wait I just did that I would end up feeling really proud of myself and realizing that I'm capable of a lot more than I think I am I'm capable of answering that question in class I'm capable of doing that thing that scares me that I really want to do I'm capable of being a respectful human to people and complimenting someone's random shirt that they had on that day I'm capable of sharing my voice and taking up a little bit more space. A lot of the times, the reason that I didn't step out of my comfort zone before that was because I was afraid to take up space. I didn't think I deserved to take up space. I was afraid to be myself. I didn't even know who I was. And I realized actually making mistakes is okay. Actually, you know what? 
by stepping out of my comfort zone, I learned that I can do that. I can take up space and I can make mistakes. And that doesn't, that doesn't end my life. Like that doesn't make the world end. The world goes on. You get better. You learn from your mistakes. And it just, it was a really powerful thing for me. Number 14 is kind of following that too, that a lot of times when you are going to grow, pain or discomfort is involved. So whether you're going through something that's painful or, you know, uncomfortable, you are going to, you know, maybe there's a lesson that you can learn from it. Maybe there's something that you're going to grow from that. Or if you're if you're wanting to grow and you don't know how to or you feel like there's something to grow from, maybe that means you just have to be a little uncomfortable for a little while. For example, stepping out of your comfort zone like the last one. And I think that was really powerful to me because when I was going through something painful or really, really uncomfortable, I'd remind myself of this and I'd remind myself, okay, wait, I'm really uncomfortable. I'm, I'm in pain right now. It's hard. I don't like it. But maybe just maybe there's something I'm going to learn out of this. And almost every single time there is. Maybe, just maybe there's something that's going to come out of this. And instead of focusing on the pain, then I would focus on trying to find what the good was in the situation. And that doesn't make it go away again. It doesn't make it stop. It doesn't make the situation any better, any more, more worthwhile, but it can make it just a little bit easier and it can change your mindset on that a lot. Number 15, labels are up to you. I have a lot of things that I could label myself as. I could be this, I could be that. And I used to label myself a lot in these things. I used to put myself in these boxes a lot. And I realized that I don't have to. The labels are up to you. You know, just because the people around you tell you you're this or you're that doesn't mean that you have to identify with them or that you have to adopt those labels yourself. And right now, I don't really like to label myself as anything. I don't really like to have any labels for myself. In the past, I used to have labels a lot because that was a way that I felt welcomed and comfortable and safe. And in the future, maybe I'll be the same that I used to. Maybe that'll happen again. But right now, I've been finding comfort in not having labels. So that realization that the labels are up to you, whether you want to adopt those labels, it's completely up to you. You don't have to label yourself. You don't have to fit in to one set group unless that's what you want. And that's okay. And it's all up to you. Number 16, aesthetic can matter. Uh, I mean, okay, you see this all the time on TikTok, on all social media of like just the aesthetic and everything. And it can be really cringy. Like I'm going to be the first to say it. It can be really cringy and stuff because a lot of times when we look at aesthetic, we look at it, it's almost more of a money type thing. Like it's a money making word. Honestly, it's a word that makes people just want to spend money. It's a word that makes people want to get the best of everything. And so aesthetic, again, is black and is not black and white. It's got its its pros and its cons. Um, but I think that there are more pros to it. Like it's not a bad thing to want to have aesthetic in something. If you're like me before, when I started seeing everything being like so aesthetically pleasing and everyone wanted to be a certain way and everyone looked kind of the same and stuff, you know, I really tried to go away from that. I really tried to push against it because I was like, I do not want anything to do with that because it's so much like that's all money and the popular stuff. And like, I'm going to be my own person, this and that, that I didn't look at the, the pros of the aesthetic, right? That 
it's not about fitting in. It's not about following the trends. It's not about who has the most money for something, but it's about what makes you feel the most comfortable. So aesthetic can matter as long as you're doing it for yourself. So I think the first time that I really realized this was, for example, I was buying myself a new planner and I like to save my money on stuff. So I was looking at planners and I was like, hey, I could get this cheap one or I could get this one that's more expensive that I really want to spend on a planner. And it actually wasn't that expensive, but it was more than I wanted to spend, right? And I was like, I feel like I should go for the cheaper one, but I really want the other one because it's, it's, it's designed in a way that makes me feel happy and it's a designed in a way that motivates me and and I know I'll use it if I get that one so I decided to get that one I know that other one if that if I had gotten the cheaper one I probably wouldn't have used it very much turns out this one was actually like way better too better quality better everything that it was worth it but I bought it because of the aesthetic the way it looked because aesthetic when you're doing it for yourself can really motivate you to just be yourself. It can really motivate you to to continue working at the things that you've been working at. Your surroundings help motivate you if you let them. So for example, I make my bed every morning. It's a habit that I've built up over the years and now now I'm like that because if I don't make my bed, I feel like ugh everything's a mess and I feel like my life is a mess and making your bed is just that one simple habit that even you're just seeing a clean fresh bed can help like right now my room is a mess and I feel like I'm a little bit of a mess right now so after this episode I am going to be going to go clean my room because sometimes the the surroundings really can help you so I just feel like that right there was something that I really learned is that the aesthetic can matter as long as you're doing it for yourself. The aesthetic can really matter as long as you're you're doing it for the right reasons and not about popularity, not about the trends, not about the money, anything like that, but it's about what is best for you. Number 17, you wear the clothes, they do not wear you. Someone said this to me once. I think I saw it online somewhere. And I was like, I love that, but I don't understand it. Like, what does it mean? Like, I get it, but also how do you actually make this into practice? And it was hard. I don't even know how I learned this. And honestly, I'm still learning it every single day. But I think it was around that time that something kind of shifted for me that I realized, you know what? I'm going to buy the clothes I want to buy. I'm not going to buy the stuff that everyone else is wearing that I feel like I should wear. You know, if you know me or honestly, you can probably already guess, I tend to kind of just wear black and white and neutral colors. And I really tried not to for a while because I was like, you know, I should be wearing color. I should be bright and happy and doing all these different things. And just because I'm not wearing color doesn't mean that I'm not all of those things. Your clothes should make you happy. You should be wearing the clothes to make you happy. You should be wearing the things that make you comfortable, not the other way around. And that was really powerful to me. Just a second. The cat decided to come up and say hi, so I need to pet her. Do you want to say hi? Come say hi. You're so pretty. Now I am covered in cat hair. Number 18, take the compliments. I have a really hard time taking compliments. I used to be a lot better at it, but now I've just, I've struggled with it more. So when people would compliment me, I would either just like say, no, you're wrong, you know, just, ah, you know, or minimize the thing that they're complimenting me with, or just flat out be like, 
you know, (laughs) because I was like, I can't take a compliment. I don't know how I don't want to feel self-centered or anything, but taking a compliment is a good thing. You know, doing that, doing that and minimizing their compliment or disagreeing with it or just not, you know, saying thank you can really almost, it, it ingrains yourself. It kind of tells your mind that like, no, that's not true. You know, maybe they just say, hey, you look really nice today. Like, what is wrong with that? There's nothing inherently wrong with looking nice. Like, oh, you know, great. Or like, hey, that speech that you made was was really good. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. That's really respectful of someone to say. But by minimizing it, it's almost telling yourself like, no, I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. I was, I'm not as good as, as that, I think, you know. And sometimes it's a reasonable compliment. It's nothing, you know, huge or anything even with that. But we even minimize that. Like, we even minimize the fact that, you know, maybe, just maybe we're a good human being. (laughs) And so instead, learning to just take the compliment has been really, I guess, important to me. And sometimes that's as simple as saying, I'm learning how to take compliments. I'm not always the greatest at it, but thank you, you know? Like, that's okay. You can totally say that. Sometimes I get a little bit silly about it and stuff and I'm like, oh, I'm really bad at that. But, you know, thank you. I really appreciate it. Like, it's okay to be a little awkward about it. But take the compliment. Do your best to take the compliment because it really, it really builds up your self-esteem. Number 19, counselors are for everyone. No matter if you have mental health issues or not, everyone, I really believe every single human being needs a counselor. Counselors often have counselors. Like I I just, I think everyone should have a counselor. Therapy is great. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stick with that. And number 20, take everything with time. Time heals. It's something we hear all the time, but it's a phrase for a reason. Time makes things easier. Time can heal something that you are hurt with. And time can also help you make decisions. Something that actually most people don't know about I don't think I've ever talked about on here I really really wanted to drop out of college my first almost year I really really wanted to drop out of college to the point where there was one semester where it was almost every single morning I would call my mom and tell her I can't do this I need to drop out like I'll just work at a grocery store the rest of my life like I'll just I'll find something I'll scrape up some money like I can't do this and I'm not saying that it's bad to not go to college, like, but I knew that it was something that I, I wanted to do deep down. I knew something that it would be good for me deep down, but I was afraid and it was difficult and I was in pain. And the way that I made the decision to stay in college was by taking time. I, I took a leave of absence, a medical leave, because I needed it. And that gave me time to heal, but it also gave me time to learn a little bit. But even after that, coming back, I still really wanted to drop out a lot. I really, really wanted to drop out of college. And what I did was I was like, well, what would I do right now if I did? I don't have a job that I could go to. I don't have any of that. So at least for right now, I'm going to stay and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, even if it's in pain. I'm going to keep struggling and doing what I'm doing and time will help. Time will either help me find a job that I can be working if I'm not in college or time will help me heal from the pain and realize that this is something I want. And I took that time and I just kept doing what I was doing and I just let time take its course 
and time made the decision for me. I ended up deciding I really loved the college that I'm at. I really loved the people that I was surrounded by and I really loved what I'm learning about. I love it so much and I like I cannot wait to go back now. But a year ago, I was in a completely different boat, even less than a year ago. I was in so much pain. I really wanted to drop out. And so with that, I think that is the 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 final thing I'm talking about here is that time time does a lot. And so as I have just turned 20 and I'm I'm really excited to see what that means for me. I'm also excited to see what time is going to do and how I'm going to learn from that.